SMBSD, thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode brought to you by Teaching and Learning. And as mentioned in a previous podcast episode, we are going to dive into DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, as it pertains to people who are on the team and also the work that has been done to this point and that will be done going into the 2022-2023 school year. So I have the pleasure of having three of the DEI cohort members who are part of the steering committee as well. And we'll explain each of those entities as we go through. And they will give their perspectives on exactly their experience of DEI from where we have come and where we are going so that you all have an understanding of DEI as a practice and as an existence here at SMBSD and also how you can get involved with DEI moving forward. My name is Osevio Martinez, and I am the district representative for the DEI committee. I am also a site leader at Tommy Coons Junior High School, but I have changed my role and I am now the coordinator for assessment and accountability for the district. My name is Stephanie Gary, and I am a fourth grade teacher here in the district. This coming school year, I will be teaching at Libin Elementary School. And I'm Mariana Carlone. Um, I am, well, I was a kinder teacher at Jimenez Elementary, but next year I will be a TK teacher. Uh, I'm also part-time professor at um, Cal Poly. I teach social justice education and culture. Mm -hmm. And my name is Mandy David. I'm a teacher at Alvin Elementary doing third grade next year from fourth grade, and I'm going into my seventh year teaching. So um, still feeling new to SMBSD. I feel like every year um, it's just a new experience. And every year I feel like a first year teacher again, especially with our recent um, pandemic and all the craziness that's happened. So. Well, thank you all for being here and being part of this episode. Manny, you brought up the point about the pandemic and, and really so everyone knows you might hear different levels of audio. It's because we're doing this by Zoom because we can, <laughs> because Zoom is obviously something that is uh, normalized now uh, in, in this time. But speaking of DEI and just going back to your thoughts, your experience, I mean, what brought you to the diversity, equity, and inclusion cohort in the first place, and even DEI work in general? Uh, Stephanie, what, what brought you to this work? Um, it has been what I look back and feels like a very long journey, I suppose. Um, I've been working in the field of education now for 25 years. Um, I started at a Montessori school and with the Montessori training, it is much more of the whole child, right? Maria Montessori had a, a different outlook on child development. Um, but I also have a degree in child development and I went to San Francisco State University. Um, if you know your history, the students at uh, San Francisco State University are the ones who protested to um, have diversity, equity, and inclusion included in the requirements for students on campus to be able to graduate. And so, um, it was part of my education to take La Raza and, you know, um, Black child development and, and all of that. And so it really is kind of the foundation that I came from 
with my education that I moved into being a teacher and then forward into my um, teaching credential. Um, so it's it's been, like I said, a long journey that goes back quite a ways. Um, and so when I came to Santa Maria Bonita, um, I was actually kind of surprised that more people weren't educated um, in issues that are related to DEI because they are so important in education, but you find the other people that that are doing the work and do have that background and um, you know you kind of join forces with them on campus or within the district and um, that's where we came to the DEI um, committee as it is today because actually Mariana and I met and had those things in common and then you know came forward and met with Melissa Dutra and and here we are today. And Stephanie you know thank you you mentioned a couple of things there that certainly can come in future episodes one is it, having the education even before uh, becoming a teacher and how that has impacted you and something that we can talk about DEI in education as a graduate program element um, certainly we can discuss that and then disrupting inequities you said you came in and you realized there was not a lot of this education certainly not a lot of the work here in Santa Maria uh, who as a district is predominantly Hispanic, um, Latinx, and that's something also we'll be discussing. We certainly will be discussing disrupting some of those inequities as part of our work, but I thank you for that. Mariana, how did you come to, to the DEI cohort in this work? Um, well, I come from a family that has a long history of political engagement. Um, when I was a kid, um, I would be protesting with my mom and my grandma in the streets on education policies, um, the three strikes law, when that was being implemented. Um, so being an activist is just kind of the family that, that I came from. Um, but I think also like Stephanie, I was educated in the process of DEI work before becoming a teacher. Um, I went to Martin Luther King Elementary in Portland, Oregon, and it was a critically conscious school. Um, the point was to create um, students that will be activists in the future. Um, so I already kind of have those trainings, you know, just within me naturally. Um, and then moving into education, I also got really interested in Maria Montessori and the ways that her, um, her teachings were very student-centered and giving voice to um, children, which in other cases wouldn't wouldn't have happened. Um, and so I was very interested in, in that work as well. Um, and then coming into the classroom, I was already coming in with the idea that we need to change the system. Things, something has to be done because I know for my family and my extended family, seeing how they experience education, it was not working uh, for them. They were failing miserably. Um, and so having that personal connection to how systemic change needed to happen, um, it was just only natural that I became a voice um, in this work. Um, and so again, you find your people. 
Stephanie, Stephanie and I gravitated towards each other um, and we have been um, supporting each other through this work and, and being voices uh, in the district um, and hoping that we're making change little by little. I think, I think we are. There has been a lot of positive uh, improvement, um, but I would like to see a lot more happen. Great, Mariana, and and that's part of part of understanding what DEI really is, right? It's it's knowing that work has to be done, but understanding that there's a long term goal, long term work that has to be done as well, uh, and having folks such as yourself who have a long standing history and tradition of this work really helps to solidify that and to know not just history and where we've come from, but also where we're going. So it's great to have you on board as well. Mandy, the newer teacher. So how did you come along to this work? Yeah, and same with um, Stephanie and Mariana. I I had um, some DEI work in my education at Cal Poly. I got my credential and master's in educational leadership at Cal Poly. And you learn about the philosophy. You learn a lot about the philosophy of DEI work, bringing in um, equity into the classroom. And then when I actually got into the classroom, it's it's a lot different. You're hearing the philosophy, but it's like, okay, well, how do I how do I do this? How is it? How does it work in action? And I found myself gravitating toward my people at Alvin and and really digging into it with them. And when I heard about this DEI cohort um, and finding a way to meet with people at a district level, I was really excited about that. And especially toward our move as a district to bring in DEI policy is very exciting to me that our district is um, passionate and putting in the resources to, to provide DEI work. So it's been exciting. And that's great. And, and we need that energy and we need to know that while there's a contrast, right? We're understanding the importance of learning the work and being educated, but then there's the action piece, which I think is something that even in our own work at DEI, we're noticing there's a bridge that has to be, or a gap, I'm sorry, that has to be bridged between the knowledge piece and then the action piece. So you brought up a great point there, and we'll be discussing that, of course. For me, when, when um, growing up in New York City, it's a melting pot, and you would assume that there's a lot of education and knowledge and awareness of diversity and equity, and really it's not. Educationally, it's, it's not. It really depends on where you go. There has to be an intentionality of uh, looking for opportunities to promote this work. Otherwise, you really can get caught up in everything else. There's something about being in such a congested and large and fast paced moving uh, place that you can get lost in just trying to stay afloat and, and survive and make it where a lot of these things get lost. And it really wasn't until I got into graduate school myself going into a counseling program that was multicultural in nature at Teachers College of Columbia that I really started to see some of the work being done. And even then there was that gap from understanding and having the head knowledge. And then what does it look like in practice? And in particular, going into counseling, it was really interesting because that's a factor. Sometimes this, your identity and who you are is a factor in the counseling piece and a factor of your overall success. And then SEL gets lumped into that as well, as we know. So it really was uh, interesting education, to say the least. And then as I started to go into my administrative work, I really saw the need to make this 
uh, somewhat of a priority to say, yeah, this is absolutely not just something that is another thing, but has to be the thing that, that we center everything on. And that's how we'll understand uh, the whole child and even the whole staff member and, and the whole adult, if you will, because sometimes we know issues can lie there. Thinking about DEI in general and, and kind of, there might be that big question, well, what is DEI? What, what exactly, what are you doing or what is it, you know, what is it about? I wanna take a different approach and I wanna ask you all what DEI is not, because I think that there are misperceptions of what DEI is, and, and I'd like to address it that way. What DEI is not, because once we really think about what it's not, we can start to clarify that picture of what it is. So Mariana, I can start with you. What is it that DEI is not? Yeah, of course. Um, I think currently in our political state, um, a lot of people are lumping DEI into this idea of um, erasing someone's culture or taking away someone's culture. Um, and really that is, that's not at all uh, what it is. Like that could be for, that could not be further from the truth. It's not taking anything away uh, from anyone else. But I think sometimes it gets weaponized um, as, that I, as that ideology because DEI is forcing you to maybe set your own perspective aside for a moment and look at someone else's perspective uh, of the world. Um, and that can sometimes feel, feel threatening, but it isn't actually threatening. Um, so it, it's not a removal of, of anything at all. Um, if anything, it is the way to bridge the gap so that when you do, because we're human, when you do have to actually look at a situation from another perspective, it's much easier to come to common ground um, in discussions or conversations, or if you're in the classroom and, and you have to look at a situation from the student's perspective, but you don't quite, you haven't had experience doing that, DEI can help you do that and be able to make a deeper connection with that student, build a relationship with that student, because you can say like, oh, well, this is my worldview, but now I'm gonna take a moment to look at it from your worldview. Um, and I, I think that's beautiful. That's a, a beautiful relationship if we can do more of that. Yeah, for me, so when I came into um, SMBSD, I kind of had this mindset where I'm like, okay, where's the curriculum? I need DEI curriculum. And I, I think a lot of times um, we just wanna fix the problem and we think like, oh, if there's just a curriculum that can fix it for us, but DEI is not a curriculum. Um, there is curriculum that can support the work, of course, SEL curriculum or, uh, more diverse texts, of course, but it's not going to be done in 30 minutes a day, or um, there's not a teacher's manual of how to incorporate DEI into our practice. So that's something that I came in and kind of had to wrap my brain around. Okay, it, it's 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 within us. It's who we are. It's not something that you can just read read off a manual to do. I I do think um, that again another misconception i mean there are a few out there but um i think that like cultural tourism is not dei right i think that there have been some misunderstandings of well okay so i need to include 
students' cultures or cultures from around the world. And so you talk about traditions or food and that kind of thing. Um, and then that covers it, right? Like, like Mandy was saying, it's not, it's not a box curriculum that you're going to open up and do 30 minutes a day. It really is that lens, like Mariana was talking about, where you have your own perspective because of your intersecting identities. And so do all of our students and their families. And if you are going to create the community at school across the district and in your classroom, then those intersecting identities and the perspectives that they bring to the classroom are really important to consider. And so as opposed to, you know, a stamp in your passport to say that you've checked it off your list or um, acknowledge that it exists out in the world, it really has so much more to do with the humanity of our students and their families and even our coworkers as well. Because yeah, Santa Maria, there is a lot of diversity, right? But is there the equity and inclusion as well? when when it comes to all of that and so it's not just a um it's not just a celebration on on one day acknowledging that something exists it is the way that we function all the time absolutely it's a great point and, and you know to clarify it's not that any of those things are or incorrect or or don't have a place i think those can be great entry points for this work and, and of course acknowledgements because in, in many ways just like a Cesar Chavez day here in California uh, where we are it's it's an acknowledgement of a lot of the work that that was brought about because of inequities and everything else so we acknowledge those things and, and those are great to celebrate but it's an entry point right it's a means to the ultimate end of saying okay well what does that really mean to us as as we live, as we live about this world. It's also, I agree with the sentiment of, of, of everyone who's spoken where it's not just, oh, a black author, and we're gonna read this text from a Hispanic you know, author or, or look at this piece of you know, art from someone who's from another country. It's, it's not just that. You can totally take text that we have now through our curriculum written by anyone, where does the student see themselves in that? What connections can be made with that student based on something that may or may not have to do with their reality, right? Especially when we're reading historical texts, what does that have to do with me now? Very popular question, right, at all levels. It's making that connection. But beyond that, it's ultimately how, how what it's not is just saying, here is, you know, we're going to celebrate this month and we're celebrating this month and we're equitable. And it's like, no, that's not it. Again, those are entry points. But that leads me to now the next thing about what DEI is. And I imagine that DEI part of it is having that understanding of yourself that we don't have to tell you about these celebrations. We don't have to inform you of what's coming. You have enough of an understanding of yourself. You see that connection and you celebrate that. And you bring that about and you you say, hey, I see I can appreciate this text or understand this because of that experience, not because I'm that person or because I'm even sharing the same 
background of that person, but I have an experience very similar based on mi familia or whatever it is, right? And that's sort of what DEI is. But I want to hear from you all. Now that we have touched on what it's not, it's not a crusade. It's not an opportunity to erase anything. Um, what is DEI? What is the work that's happening? Mandy? Yeah, so DEI, like you said, it's about celebrating all of our students, all of our learners, um, centering them as the as the learner and celebrating their diverse perspectives, their voices. They have so much to bring to the table and really bringing that in and recognizing. Um, and this work is really important because we all have our narratives, explicit or sorry, implicit, um, explicit narratives about people. They exist. And so it, it takes effort. It takes actual actualization to reframe those narratives. So um, that's what this DEI work is all about, is reframing our narratives about students. And in we just want students success. And that's the ultimate goal in the end is that students feel um, successful in our educational system, emotionally um, and academically all around that we're producing learners that can be the best that they can be, so. Um, and I, to build on what Mandy was saying, I think that's where I'll go with this. Um, that the celebration of our learners and supporting them as, you know, whole human beings and taking their narrative and their family's narrative into consideration, you know, and, um, and yeah, knowing ourselves, that is such a huge foundational piece is that we have taken the time to examine our own implicit, you know, biases and um, how do we relate to our students? How do we relate to their families? How, you know, how has our experience been different and how is that going to come out in the classroom? And I think too, DEI is for an educator, whether you're in the classroom or in the administrative office, is looking at our educational system, right? So um, is it equitable? Where, you know, where maybe can we change things to make them more equitable? And, um, and going back to what perspective is it coming from, right? Like, are we really truly listening to the students? Are we listening to the families? Um, because if we are going to be considering their perspective or their narrative and taking into consideration our own biases, then it also has to look at the whole education system, right? To see whether or not, um, yeah, whether or not it, it is being inclusive and and it is being equitable so it really is kind of a again going back to like it's not a box curriculum it really is fine-tuning your lens right so that it really becomes the way that you walk through the world and the way that you see everything the way you see your classroom your students their families the district education in general yeah and i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna try and build off all the amazing <laughs> already said uh, because i do i agree with both of you um on, on all points um i think if i were to add anything i would say that it's deeply personal 
DEI work is deeply personal and really just being in relationship with anybody is deeply personal, whether we do that consciously or unconsciously. Uh, a lot of times we are in relationships with people through unconscious reasons. Um, and I think DEI is bringing that unconsciousness to the forefront and making you examine it um, and deciding, do I want to continue with this pattern that I am in with, in relationship with, or do I want to change it and make it better? Um, so it, it's a, a personal thing, um, but I think it's also really fun. I enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy looking at my patterns and being like, whoa, I got to change that. Uh, in fact, this morning I was just reading about ableist language um, using the word um, spaz is an ableist term that I didn't know anything about until literally nine o'clock this morning. So it's, it's always learning as well. Like it, you're a lifelong learner um, if you're gonna engage in DEI work. That is, and that's actually a great way to sum that up, right? I mean, we all have our biases. We all have things that whether we are aware of or not, we bring to table many times just things we we don't know right and and one of the things that we did in our work over the last couple of years is understanding the difference between i know what i don't know and i don't know what i don't know and i think a lot of the revelation comes from not knowing what we don't know and then the response i think that's the other thing mariana you were really alluding to was the response once we know this whether it's having grown up with it and really internalizing it or something you found out at nine o'clock this morning, um, how do we then adjust? How do we then make that move to uh, either disrupting that train of thought or being more proactive and being more of an ally toward folks who maybe are disparaged by that, by that uh, vocabulary and that language? So thinking about why DEI is important to Santa Maria Bonita School District, I think you all are touching on those points and, and these are the reasons why it's so important to do this here. We have a population that is diverse, but also a population that is very clearly uh, Hispanic, Latinx, you know, heavy in terms of population and numbers, but we have linguistic differences and obviously uh, other differences even within that identity. And it's important to understand that and really address all of our needs so that we're all learning in the way that's best for us. And we can't forget that books like CRT in the Brain and other examples really speak to that part of it as well, how we learn differently, how we interact with our education differently, and how we can address those differences to maximize the learning that we see in the classroom. And that's really why it's so important is because kids are kids and we want them to learn. And we want them to learn in a way that's best for them, while also leveraging our own identities and our own knowledge and awareness and growing that towards that end. So I'm going to ask one, well, it's kind of a double question, but one last thing uh, to wrap up this episode. And I really thank you all for being here uh, to join me on this one. But where has DEI showed up, you know, Where's it showing up in your day-to-day -day life? Where's it showing up in your work with students? And, and if you can give me an example, one example or something where it really has shown up in your work. I mean, just for context, remember we have two years or so of work that we've done together as a team to get to a point where we can start seeing this at sites. But you all have given examples in conversations that we've had of things that you've seen yourself already. 
So if you could share some of that so that people have an idea of, of how this work is already happening across the district. Oh my goodness, listening to that question and I, my brain was going like, just spinning, right? Because at this point for me, where has DEI showed up in my day-to-day? -day? Where has it not shown up in my day-to-day? -day? Honestly, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just, it, it is all day, every day, I guess. Um, I do morning meetings and afternoon meetings with my students and sometimes it's, you know, just greeting and discussing the day and talking about what they're looking forward to, um, what they're excited about. We talk about how they're feeling and use emotional language. Um, but sometimes those are really serious conversations and related directly to DEI, right? Because we do have um, a lot of different intersectional identities in the classroom, a lot of, you know, neurodivergent learners, and they're all learning how to be together. And so part of the DEI also is modeling for them, right? How do you have those conversations with each other? You know, when things come up that might, um, somebody's bias might come out, right? And, and they're young. And so they are learning about it and you are there to help them learn about it. And um, yeah, and it, it happens regularly. But if, if you take the opportunity, it's such a beautiful moment to help them understand that, yeah, we all have biases. And instead of, um, shying away from the conversation or feeling like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with this. So this is not something that we talk about in our classroom, right? Um, so I just, I think that DEI shows up in my classroom every day because we work hard as, as a community to create a place where conversations related to intersecting identities are, um, are welcomed. For me, um, DEI has really shown up in School Talk, and School Talk is a is a book that we've began diving into by Mika Pollock um, as a DEI cohort, and it's really examining how we talk about students and examining ourselves, and it really has got me thinking, like, what do I say about newcomers? What do I say about my multi-language um, learners? What do I say about my special education students? And it's it's been it's been great for us to examine that um, the good the bad the ugly everything in between and then how do you react when you hear it from parents or um, your coworkers your admin and we practiced how to respond in those situations because a lot of times I mean teachers we love teaching we love kids we're coming from a place of love we're coming from from a place of joy and but things come out that maybe we don't mean maybe we say something about a newcomer like um you know it's going to take them they're not learning anything back there they don't understand anything i'm saying or the newcomer doesn't doesn't know anything to begin with and 
how can we respond to those in our in our everyday? That's been something that I've really I've grown in this year and how how to respond to those um, to those comments and how to catch them in myself before they come out. Kind of like what Mariana was saying about just learning learning something new every day. And um, that's been a big a big growth for me and in this cohort. Um, I think uh, Stephanie and, and Mandy um, have said some really great interpersonal um, examples of how DEI work shows up on a minute to minute basis. <laughs> um, just whenever you're in conversation with another person, whether it be a teacher or a student, um, DEI needs to be present or at least the mindset needs to be present. Um, but because of that, I, I kind of want to share an example um, that it, it's DEI work, but my work kind of blurs a little bit with social justice education too. Um, uh, but with my, my students, um, when I was teaching first grade, we were having a conversation about uh, desegregation and what that, how we have changed from having segregated schools to having integrated schools um, and some of the really big um, faces in that movement like Ruby Bridges and Sylvia Mendez. Um, and my students were making observations about our own school and said, but I don't, I think we are in a segregated school now. Um, and they're not completely wrong <laughs> uh, by any means. Uh, and then they extended the conversation and were then concerned about like, why was I the only black teacher um, at our school? And what does that mean? And, and shouldn't we have more black teachers if we're desegregated? Um, and mm -hmm. so these, well, yeah, so these conversations are coming up from six and seven year olds um, and they, they just wanted to know more. And instead of me being like, oh, we can't talk about that or well, that's a little, a little too much for first grade. Uh, I, I didn't shy away from it at all. I was like, yeah, what, what do you think? Like, tell me what you think is going on. Um, and we had many just small group circles where we had discussions about it. They could get all their questions out. They could answer each other's questions if they thought they ha had an answer. Um, and really what it came down to for them <laughs> in their seven-year-old, six-year-old minds, um, they thought that there wasn't enough information in the community about how to become a teacher. And they really wanted to get their friends and family to know the process of how to become a teacher. Um, and so we created a flyer together that they took home and gave to their, their family members and showed them like this, these are the steps you have to take to become a teacher. These are the tests you have to take. These are the degrees that you need. And here are some places in our community that you could go to. Uh, to do that. And I don't know what the success rate of that was, but I do know <laughs> that uh, one of my students came to me the following year. She was in second grade already. And she said, my sister just graduated high school and she's going to go be a teacher. Like, like the paper that you showed us, she's going to follow that path. And, and I was great. like, that's amazing. I that's love great. that. Um, but um, imagine if I didn't have a DEI lens where like I felt threatened by them asking me, how come you're the only black teacher on our campus, then maybe I, could, I would have shut down that entire path. Um, so I think it, it is important to be able to have those open conversations when students are, could ask us something uh, uncomfortable and we have to be 
prepared to extend the conversation. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned a few things there as we as we wrap this this episode up is the idea that, oh, this is not good for six or seven year olds when it's the six and seven year olds who brought it up. They brought it to the table. It's like clearly it's suitable for them. They're the ones who are thinking this in their brains. Right. And amazing critical thinking on their part. But then also fostering or coming up with an idea to say, okay, how do we take this and not make it about indoctrination? Or, you know, I'm pushing this agenda. It's like, no, let's let's have this activity, which is a great idea and allows them to kind of operationalize their thinking and put it into practice. And the final thing is really about the impact. That young lady, whether she knows it or not, right, could become a teacher because of the DEI work that was done by her six-year-old sibling. Can you imagine? I mean, think of, when you think of it that way, it's like, there's impact here to be made and that will be realized in ways that we don't even consider. I mean, I know you're seeing it through the lens of that first grade class and those six, seven year olds. And obviously we think beyond that, but in that moment, you're really addressing them, now realizing you're impacting the life potentially of someone down the road who could very well be a warrior for DEI down the road in her own right or not, we don't know, but the fact is that your impact went to that person based on what you did with the six-year-old. And if we keep doing that work, imagine the impact that we can have. And no, no one is too young to understand, you know, the impact of this work or just to, to be able to speak on some of the things that they're seeing. Well, why are you the only black teacher at the school? That's fascinating. I mean, that's amazing for someone to, to, to catch on to that. I can assure you there are some adults who don't catch on to that. Um, but here we are in, in the next generation of DEI warriors that are being created in our midst, which is awesome. Speaking of disrupting some of these inequities, we're going to touch on this in this next episode. We're going to talk about disrupting some of the inequities that we see. We're going to touch a little bit on kind of the history of where DEI started, how it really started and came from. Uh, and then what we're looking to do in the next school year, 22-23, uh, by the time that people hear this episode, that year would be in full swing. And what are we looking to do as a DEI team moving forward? Any last words for, for people who are listening to this, ways that they can kind of join DEI or, or any last points that you want to make, please feel free. These conversations are just really important. I don't know. Don't shy away from it. Engage in it. Um, don't be afraid to have that self-examination or like Mariana was sharing, like as educators, we are lifelong learners. And so, yeah, we should really be continuing to learn in all, in all areas. Yeah. Um, I find this work so joyful and so healing and, it really, I, I honestly, before I started um, really diving deep into DEI, I didn't know I could be as happy as, as I am now because I was able to grieve the terrible things that have happened to my people in the past. And then I was able to heal from that through this work. So um, yeah, even if you are not able to do it in an official capacity, which I hope you can, because the more the more <laughs> there at like a party, um, but it should be something that you just want to do for your own well-being and, and to have a, a happier life in the future. 
Yes, just like Mariana said, I every meeting it, we go from four to six and I get off at six and I just I go on a walk every time after all of our cohort meetings and just kind of take in everything. Um, it just feels so good leaving the meetings, even even after a long day. I went into it thinking like, oh, that's going to be a rough four to six after a day of working, but it's really not. It's it's like almost mini therapy. <laughs> so come on and join us. You're welcome. Um, anyone in the district's welcome to join teachers, admin, anyone in between. We'd love to have you. Feel free to reach out to any any of us or any of your admin as well. Absolutely. And thank thank the three of you for for jumping in and for answering these questions and really giving insight as to what DEI is, DEI is not, um, and, and everything in between. And, and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask three of you to come back for this next episode. We're going to talk about uh, all these other pieces as well as planning ahead for this next coming school year. And what I would say is this, I agree, you don't need to be a part of it, but you are a part of it. So uh, find out who the champion is at your site. Every site would have a DEI champion. If you don't have one to this point, consider being one or find out from your administrator who you can speak with to uh, find the closest DEI champion near you so that you can jump in. Or you can even find out some of the resources we use or ways that we are disrupting the inequities across Santa Maria Benita School District. So thank you all again. And until the next time, have a good thank one. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.